Good morning, church. I purposely stood back here for this reason. A while back, Stephen did a message, and one of the things that he had said was that Jesus, being the door, flung the door open wide that we could have access into his presence and into his kingdom. And it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, that we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So I wanted opening these doors, both of them, flinging them wide open and coming in, coming into God's presence. And it's like, wow. He's much bigger than I can think or imagine. But to be able to come by faith and have access and to this grace and to who he is in which we stand. And it also says, which is equally important, we have peace with him. That's just as important. If there were a boss that came to you or sent word to you and say, I want to see you in my office. <clears throat> exactly. That doesn't just send warm fuzzies all over you, does it? So we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And Sunday after Sunday, we hear the word preached, spoken to us. And these words... His words are like no other words. No other words come even close. No other words even get on the radar. Proverbs chapter 6, speaking of the Lord's commandments, bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. Proverbs 15, 30, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart and good news refreshes the bones. Well, that's great. I mean, that, that's good stuff, Maynard. Going on in Proverbs 15, verse 31. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. 2 Peter 1, 19. And we have something more sure. The context there is Peter is writing and talking about that they were on the Mount of Transfiguration and witnessed Jesus Christ being transformed. And he says... And we have something more sure. More sure than what we laid our eyes on. A more sure word. The prophetic word. To which you will do well to pay attention to as a lamp that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Psalm 19 verses 7 and 11. 
The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Yes. Making wise the simple. I qualify for that. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing. Rejoicing the heart. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clinging. Enduring forever. The words of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned. And in the keeping of them, there is great, great reward. We are, we, we are blessed beyond measure. And the fact that God continually desires more than we can imagine to want to reveal himself and give us fresh revelations of who he is is crucial. Stephen, in one of the messages and, and, and going back to the month of January, he touched on the fact that we need to take a step back in order to go forward. But I think in taking that step back, he takes us forward with fresh revelation of who he is and what he wants to do every day in our lives. And so, I purposely shared these scriptures with us because his words are life-changing. If you need reviving, he can do it and will do it. His words release. His words create life. His words set free. His words bring peace. His words calm storms and troubled hearts. And I'm saying that going into today because I'm reminded of the song that says I keep falling in love with him over and over over and over again. So let's take a moment here and pray. Lord, you are good. You are faithful. You are true. You are steadfast. And your heart is so much for us, Lord, more than we can even begin to wrap our brain around. And Lord, I ask this morning that we are thankful for your words. We are thankful for your presence. 
We are thankful, Lord, for all that you are doing and will do. And this morning, Lord, I am asking once again that you would feed us fresh bread, that you would give us living water, fresh water from you, that we may grow up in you, that we may know you, that we may walk in your plan, that we may allow you to live your life through us and live into that which you have for us. Lord, I pray this morning, open the eyes of our understanding that we may behold wondrous things, wondrous things from your word. And I pray, God, that we would never get used to or lose the wonder of who you are. You are great and you are awesome and you are faithful. And because of that, I ask these things in the name above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, I've entitled today's message, A Cleft in the Rock Moment. But it's to be more than just a moment. It's to be a lifestyle. And a couple Sundays ago, we, we sang a song called, You Are Awesome in This Place, Mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. And as we were worshiping and that song, my heart, my, my thoughts went from in thinking about the words of that song to this place here to this place here. You are awesome in this place. And I just... Is I just started to cry. As I saw and thought about the different messages we heard about being God's temple. And, and the scripture came to me from Isaiah 66 where it says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the place of my rest? And I thought, what an amazing statement that, that these things are made by me, but where does he want to hang out? Here's where he wants to hang out. Till we are home with him forever. And so, this morning, I want to take us back to a set of passages in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And we're not going to get through all of, all of these verses today. I made a twofold promise. And I aim to keep it. And so wherever that place to stop comes at 30 minutes, I'm stopping. But I can tell you that there is more. I feel like a coffee cup that's been filled up to the brim. And you know, you just... You just but you know what it says in Psalm 23? It says, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. He doesn't mind a cup that spills over. That's, that's the God that we walk with, that, that we talk with, that desires to have a greater intimacy with Him. So when reading these words here in 
Deuteronomy chapter 8, I want to tell you that the Lord hasn't released me from these verses. And that since the last time when I referenced these scriptures was probably, I'm thinking, December. I think it was the last time. Um, and so, I will read that this set of scriptures and I'll go on from there. So I do not, do not get ahead of myself here. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting at verse 1. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives. But man lives. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and, and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the Lord, for the good land he has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. So, getting back to not being released from this, these verses that begs the question, why? <clears throat> and there are several reasons here. And so one of the things that I want you to do, sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we put on Old Testament glasses. And when we read the New Testament, we think, oh, this is, the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. So whether you read of God in the Old Testament or the, or the God of the New Testament, He is the God of salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And sometimes when we hear some of these words like, the whole commandment that I command you today, you better do it, you better watch out, I'm watching your every move, I'm looking at your every thought. That is not what he is wanting to convey here. This is just one snapshot here. But the reason 
I chose this snapshot is because there are a lot of different facets that come into play here. And the thing that he wants us to do today, what he wants us to hear today, and, and going forward even, is he wants us to hear the heart behind the words. And I dare say that maybe past teachings or things we've heard in the way of commentaries or whatever, sometimes they cloud our vision. They dim our vision of who he is. And so going straight to the word, hearing what he himself says and what he wants to reveal about himself to us daily. I think it's interesting that in verse 1 he says, the whole commandment that I command you today you shall be careful to do. So what I want to do is that from time to time, we've taken little snippets from the Old Testament and we do a sermon and we make the application to our lives and that's a good thing. But in this set of verses, I want us to step back and look at Israel's journey with the Lord and then look at our relationship with the Lord in that same kind of a way of journeying with him. And so, in looking at this, there, there is, the next reason I mean to say, is the next reason for looking at these verses is that God, in revealing his heart here, that there, there is no substitute for being on target with what the Lord says. There is, in other words, hitting the bullseye, aiming for the prize, and progressing towards what he wants us to live into and live out. Nobody takes up an arrow and a bow and deliberately shoots to miss the bullseye. But in our way of thinking versus God's way of thinking, if we're honest, we, uh, we don't necessarily see eye to eye with God. And again, something that Stephen had brought up and it is a good thing is that as long as we're on this side of glory our thinking is going to have to be tweaked our thinking is going to have to be transformed our thinking is going to have to be realigned with God and that's a good thing he didn't leave us dead in sin to say oh fend for yourself tough luck no we sang this song and boy I'm, I'm just I just look at the songs that, that Lydia had picked out today and, and just, uh, golly, for I was far away and dead in sin. And so being on target, there is there is an, a, a confidence that comes that the Lord gives when we are on target and find Him and re respond 
and act on his speaking into our life. There is a confidence that comes. There is transformation that comes. And so, in looking at this set of verses here, the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord your God swore to give to your fathers. And so, I want to take us back to... Moses and talking about why this, this is important and again it says of Moses in Psalm 103 verse 7 that to Moses he revealed his ways it'd be very easy to say oh well that's the way God is no 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 when somebody is intimate with you they, they are opening themselves up they say, this is the real deal. This is who I am. I'm not pretending. I'm not putting out an appearance. This is who I am. And this person, the Lord of the universe, choosing to reveal himself and to Moses here. It's, we're familiar with that verse in Psalm 103, verse 7. And to Israel, he revealed his acts. But I want to take you from that verse there that we're all familiar with back to Exodus Exodus 33 and uh, you know in talking about not seeing eye to eye you know that when Israel um, left when God delivered them to bring them out of Egypt and go take them into the promised land there were two different perspectives at play here. The Lord's perspective was that going through the wilderness, having delivered them from Egypt, was to be a honeymoon. Now, I'm being honest with you here. My, my and I hope I don't get in trouble, but my thing of a honeymoon, I'll choose my words carefully, my, my perception of a honeymoon was that this is a special time where you're kind of in a bubble and it's just you and your, your spouse and all the world's out there and nothing's going to get close and you're just all starry-eyed and, and man, this is great. And we live happily ever after. <laughs> and uh, and but the, the, the truth is, and then... That, that honeymoon period where we, we, where we get together or we go off to someplace special and then, okay, reality sets in. Now we got to go to work. Now we got to build. Now we got responsibilities. Now we have to do this and that and the other and we have to work together and it's almost like a regiment. And, and I'm not putting a negative on those but what I am saying is that the honeymoon that the Lord is talking about and for us to one another is something that spanned 
that he wanted to cover and overshadow the entire journey through the wilderness and in the promised land. That there just wasn't a special time and now here's reality. No, the whole thing is overshadowed by his presence. The whole thing is overshadowed by his love. The whole thing being the relationship that he wanted to have with Israel. And I found it interesting here. So this set of verses here, this happens right after the calf, the golden calf then that uh, the Israelites made and bowed down to. And I thought, okay, here's a moment where God and Moses come together. And uh, it's interesting that, that God says, to Moses, this people that you brought out of Egypt. What? But, they, but it's, the, it's just the idea that, whoa, we know who brought them out of Egypt and here he puts it on Moses' shoulders. But it's still under the umbrella. It's still under the context, the the, the love and the intimacy of God where God could share his heart. I believe that he was dare I say, venting, God revealing his heart. What about the time with Saul? And the Lord went to Samuel and God poured his heart out to Samuel. And what did Samuel do? He wept. He wept because of what God put on his heart. He wept. But I think that is for God to reveal his heart. To see the wonder of that. So in Exodus 33, at verse 7 here, it says, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch, excuse me, and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered that tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of that tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. You know, I read that set of verse and I, I, verses and I read that, those verses this morning. I started to cry. The imagery and of what is taking place that the, the God of the universe who, who knows all the stars by name and who, who holds the universe that they do their thing by the word of his power. And to see this, I'm picturing in my mind, to see this pillar of cloud that, golly, way up there, coming down to where Moses is. And I want to say something about Moses being intentional. You know, for me, getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go to work, oh, I'm on it. Not. This is, this is me and my pillow. It's like there's a tractor beam. It's like it's got flypaper on it. I can't break free. No, just one more minute. 
But God knows. God knows the importance of a quiet time. So my quiet time doesn't come at 4.30 in the morning. It comes at different times in the day. But the thing is to have the time set aside with Him. To speak into my life. To set me on a different trajectory for the day. Proverbs 3, 3 says something to the, it says, it says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. And what the Lord does and who he is, I had this picture of him being steady and true and not swerving and not changing. And then I had this picture of while this is him, this, this is me. When I take and allow that time together with him, I find that what he does is he starts to take those curves out. He starts to take those twists out. And I'm not just talking about how the day necessarily goes, but even my emotions and my thoughts. And uh, so there are times at work where I'm cutting insulation or I'm straightening fins on a coil. How exciting. It's pieces of metal that have little crimples in them and you just got to make them straight. But those moments, those moments are when I have my quiet time. Those are the moments when God speaks to me. What's on your heart? Your words are the words that I need to hear. And he does. And just to give you an example of this, this verse here, the whole commandment that I command you today, let me ask you something here. What does the Lord tell you on any given day in your quiet time. What one commandment? The whole commandment that I command you today. It says today in Hebrews. Today if you hear his voice. Harden not your heart. But I want to encourage you. What's, what's the one commandment? What's the one thing for that day the Lord puts on your heart. That he speaks to your heart. That he wants, that he wants you to, to lay hold of and not let go. So that you may live. I will give you one that he gave me. And it, is, it has been one that sometimes I'm on it for more than a day. But that's okay. I don't move off of it until God says, okay. So in Psalm 16. This is what it says in verse 7. Starting there. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh 
also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so, to take that step and say, Lord, I'm setting you before me. Doesn't matter what else comes in the day. You're first. I'm setting you before me. And this is what you said. And that's, no matter what happens, this is going to bring stability. This is going to make me secure. And that's your presence. There was a movie a while back, um, The War Room. I think most of you are familiar with it. And there was a scene in there where, this, where the gal, uh, th- this one gal, she was all about wanting to start this. She, she was learning about it, and she, she was learning about getting a quiet place. And so her initial start at getting the, her, quiet, her prayer closet, her, her quiet space, she went in there, in this closet that she designated for that, she took a comfy little bean bag, she took soda, she took chips, she took popcorn, and uh, it didn't go well. And I have to confess, how many times, I may not bring soda or popcorn or chips, but I bring distractions in with me. And I, I, I hope I, oh good, I didn't do it this time. I'll never forget the one Sunday and somebody told me afterwards, I, you know, I came to church, I did a sermon and I had earplugs in my, I, wore, I was up here and had earplugs. Really? But do you know why I had the earplugs? Because in the preparation time, I didn't want any kind of distraction getting through to me whatsoever. The only the only voice that mattered to me, the only thing I wanted to hear was giving God permission and access. Come in. Come in. You're most welcome. Now, I can't believe that I still did it with the earplugs, but I did nonetheless. But that was the reason. And so later on, uh, the gal's perspective of the quiet room, her, her prayer closet changes. And now, now, she has on the wall promises of God. She has a Bible in there. She has prayer requests. And with the, so she has the prayer request and then she has the promise right there. And the transformation that she went through. And so in this this intimacy, I want to share with you just something that has really encouraged me along the way. And in this journey, we talked about Israel's journey. And I want, to, I want to talk about our journey here for just a sec, and that's this. This year, more than times past than I can remember, this year, at least for me, Second Peter chapter 1 has come more and more and more into play in my life. And I'm not saying there aren't other passages. But Second Peter 
chapter 1 talks about having the same faith that Peter and the apostles did through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. And according to his divine power has granted unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us. And this is the thing that I wanted to get to. The word called there has invited us. Never underestimate the power of an invitation from the king of kings. When the enemy feels like he's got his foot on your throat and he's coming in for the kill, you have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Now, I don't know, from God's perspective, I don't know how you can exceed great when he's great already. But it says exceeding great and precious promises. So he's really piling on the topping here. But that's good because that's who he is. Who's called us to his own glory and virtue, excellence. He doesn't just want us to survive. He just doesn't want us... I'm, I'm just going to endure. I'm just going to kind of crawl my way into heaven. No, this is his promise. He wants us to be excellent because he is the excellence. And so for the faith that comes by him, with faith in the lead and with these promises, therefore, make every effort. That's not law. That's, that's an... That's an offer you can't refuse. That's an invitation. Make every effort to add to your faith. Virtue. To virtue. Knowledge. To knowledge. Self-control. I like that. That comes from Him. It's fruit that He wants me to have. Fruit that shall remain. And then the next one. Steadfastness. I want that. Because I tell you, my flesh looks for loopholes. My flesh says it's too hard. Well, I got news for my flesh. It's impossible. And these are all opportunities. They come into play. They come into play with every promise. They come into play with every quiet time moment with God. And when we, when we break open that word, when we pray, that cloud, and maybe it isn't the cloud that you see with your eyes, but that cloud, that majesty, that glory, that splendor, the awesomeness of who He is, is there with you when you break open this book of life. When you ask him to speak, he will. When you say, Lord, speak. I need your word in my life every moment of every day. And like Moses, you know, God, God said, you go into the promised land, Moses. I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to send you an angel. You go on and go and take the people in. Think about that for a moment. 
The destiny was still there. What he had promised is still there. And what did Moses do? If you're not going, I'm not going. We're in this together. That was the heart that Moses had to, this, to God. And then he says after that, I, I, he says, show me your glory. Show me. This, he, he sees God face to face. It says that God came down and talked with him as, as a friend face to face. And Moses makes this request of, of God. Lord, show me your glory. Show me yourself. And the Lord says, well, I'll tell you. I can't show myself to you because if I do, you won't live. But I'll tell you what, this is what I will do. I'm going to put you in the rock, a cleft in the rock, and I'm going to walk by. And you're going to see. You're going to see a part of me. You're going to see the backside of me. But the truth is that God granted his request. And so that when we cry out to God, God, I want to see you. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. Like that song says in the garden. God granted that. And oh, he longs for that. And he enjoys that. And in Psalm 4, when it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Ooh, that word patiently. God, I'm on the watch. I'm on the clock. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined his ear. I still, that is just an amazing picture when I think about that, that he would lean, lean from his door and he inclined his, he inclined his ear. Now, I don't know what else is going on, but that much is true. He inclined his ear. All right. I'm going to stop with one more verse. I've already gone over when I broke my promise already. But I'm going to stop here, and that's this. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. And the next time when, we get, when I get back to this, I'm going to pick up where we left off. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, we find these words. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So today, what I did, I just laid a foundation. There is much more here. Much more. But I promise you, That when we set aside, like Moses, to be intentional and, and pitch that tent, 
when we seek him with all our heart, we will find him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. You are good. You are good. You are good. Lord, our, our heart's cry is that you are the mountain to which we run. That you are the stream that we drink from. Where else can we go, Lord? You, what you say, is life. You are life. You are the way. The way. You are the truth. And you are the life. And Lord, we want to know you more. We want to press into you. We want to hear what's on your heart. We want to be changed by you. And like Moses, we will not settle for less. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray today for my, my fellow brothers and sisters that as we partake of your body and blood, I pray that you would minister to each one, that you would give them a word, that you would speak into their life. I'm just reminded of that song, Lord, that says, Word of God, speak, fall down like rain, causing my eyes to see your majesty. Lord, do it, do it. You are God, and we acknowledge our dependence upon you. And we surrender to you this day to that end. To take us deeper in you. We want trust without borders, Lord. You are our prize. You are our portion. In Jesus' name, amen.